0: You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. The cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah, the cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Back on the Pipeline Show, and uh, a big weekend at the U Sport level as you got the uh, the nationals, uh, the national championship going this weekend. You got eight teams all uh, converging in on Halifax, uh, Acadia, the uh, host club. Uh, but the number one ranked team coming in this weekend is uh, the University. Of New Brunswick. Uh, UNB always a tough team and uh, one of the players from UNB is joining me now Mark Russell formerly of the uh, Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, Mark welcome uh, to the Pipeline show how are you?
1: Doing good hey thanks for having me.
0: A pleasure to get a chance to speak with you and just for the listeners benefit uh, as you and I are speaking it's uh, Tuesday and hectic travel day for uh, for you and the club to to get uh, to Halifax and you were telling me it's about a four four hour drive normally um, from Fredericton uh, to get to so how long did it take you today
1: It took us about uh four and a half five hours today we were originally scheduled to leave uh middle of the afternoon but uh ended up leaving about 9 a.m this morning to try to beat the storm but we ended up just driving right in a nice little maritime freezing rainstorm so nothing we're not used to but yeah definitely slowed down the travel a little bit
0: how many former dub guys do you have on the team other than you
1: other than me just two other dub guys we have uh joe gadby who played in uh uh, Kamloops in Kelowna, and then our goalie, uh, Ryland Peronto played in uh, PA and Tri-City.
0: That's right. Uh, and so when everybody else is complaining about the long bus drive, uh, do you guys kind of chuckle and, uh, educate them a little bit on what the WHL was like?
1: Yeah, def- definitely one of the best parts about coming out here is, uh, our longest trip being about four hours. Um, yeah, the guys will complain about their, their bus ride and not being comfy. And then I'm just reminded the day is going to brand into the middle of, uh, middle of a February storm, <laughs> and I just kind of laugh about that.
0: All right, well, the big, uh, the big event gets going on uh, Thursday this week, but uh, you guys play on uh, Friday, so that's actually when the show will come out, so this will kinda of be a perfect timing for that. Uh, you're taking on UBC, so a lot of former WHL guys on the other side of the rink uh, that you get to play against, but uh, when you have an event like this and it's a team that you don't play, how do you kind of get prepared for a game like that or is it all about just focusing on what your team does
1: it's definitely a little bit of both i think for us to be successful we have to focus on on what we do best but at the same time i mean i was in our coach's office the other day and he was asking me about former players uh, Joe Joe and i were in their office sorry and we were kind of going through their lineup and trying to remember everything about all the the former western league guys we used to play against just to try to get <laughs> you know a little uh, a little advantage just to know what's coming at us but You know, a little bit of video on the other team, but mostly just focus on what we do best. And I think that's kind of the way to approach events like this.
0: Now, they changed the format uh, for the the national championship, uh, what, about four or five years ago, I guess. And instead of having, I think it used to be six teams and it kind of went by seeding. Now you've got eight and it's a, a bracket and it's a single knockout bracket. You like that change?
1: Yeah, the change. i obviously I wasn't around for for the old format, but you know, yeah. last year it seemed to work out you know well for, for UMB. So I'm not going to complain about the format <laughs> right now.
0: Yeah, I no don't kidding. All right, well, tell me about your team and uh, sort of. I mean, you are the number one ranked team coming into this event, so everybody, uh, every other club is gunning for you guys. Uh, well, what makes you guys uh, that strong? What's what's the strengths of your team?
1: I think it's just our depth. I mean, if you if you go up and down our roster, you can't really figure out like who our first or who our fourth line is. Uh, you look at the junior careers of the guys that come to UMB and they're all, you know, pretty successful guys on the verge of, you know, pro contracts that decide to, you know, utilize the WHL scholarship or the O or the Q scholarships that they have and, and then end up going to school. And, you know, it's a bunch of good players that, you know, they're, most of us probably try to go pro after the career. So it's guys that want to keep, keep living the dream while getting an education with it. So, you know, we have a lot of great forwards, you know, heavy forward depth and our speed is, is what really kills teams. And, it just kind of, uh, we just keep coming and coming and coming and eventually we'll wear teams down.
0: And you can't uh, have success at a, in, a, in the playoffs without strong net mining and you're getting that as well. Um, so you've got the strengths in it at all positions. When, at what point in your career, and I guess it would be, when did the, the U sports start coming into focus for you and how eventually did you end up in New Brunswick? Uh,
1: I actually, when I was 15, I was thinking about U sports just because, uh, I wasn't a highly sought after prospect. So when signing a WHL contract, I thought to myself, well, look at this. I play a couple of years in the Western League and I get to play, you know, I'm guaranteed to get a scholarship and get to play uh, more hockey after. So that was, that was everything for me, getting the free education. But then, uh, yeah, your 20 year old years, usually when they start talking to you and UMB, I think they first called me in, in, uh, January, or February. I remember I was talking to Dylan Taylor, one of our, uh, one of our executives and he, called me while we were waiting for the ferry to go to victoria so we had about an hour wait and i was sitting outside in the rain because the guys were rousing me so i was sitting in the rain talking to dylan taylor about umb and and obviously uh conversations talked into the summer i uh, talked to a lot of different schools a lot of maritime schools and you know schools all across the country and ultimately i settled on umb just because of the winning history that that comes with this school and you know and where it is located in the maritimes i wanted to see a different part of the different part of canada different culture over here and and I wanted to, I wanted an opportunity to win, and just basically, you know, try something new with, uh, with a unique opportunity that I had in front of me.
0: That's amazing. There's so many things that you touched on there. A 15 year old thinking about university hockey at this, you know, before you even get to start your WHL career. That I, I have to think that's extremely rare. Uh, I like think most guys are still envisioning the NHL at that point. Um, and then you, you decide to go across the country. I had uh, Keanu Yamamoto on the show. Uh, I guess about a month ago, and he said pretty much the same thing, that he wanted to use the U-Sport opportunity to see another part of the world. And uh, that's why he's at at McGill right now. And then why New Brunswick for you was the right fit when you had probably a lot of teammates who were sticking around and and playing Canada West and and, um, choosing not to go with some buddies like that. That's that's all really interesting uh, for me. Um, was there a temptation to, to maybe to stay out west and you know I think there are a bunch of guys at the University of Alberta for example uh, that were former Tigers but uh, um, to, to move across the country like that obviously one out but was there a temptation to stay closer to home?
1: Yeah there was definitely a temptation I mean basically getting to choose uh, the city that you're going to spend the next four years of your life in is a, obviously a big life decision so you know I thought about you know staying home in Calgary or maybe going up to U of A and joining all the guys up there but you know, U of A was going through a coaching change during my recruitment process. Um, and I didn't actually talk to them that much. And I looked at their roster and there wasn't actually that much room. So kind of eliminated them early. And then, yeah, I didn't, I kind of just looked at all my options. And like, uh, Keanu would have said before me, it's just an opportunity to see a different part of the world. And, you know, I, uh, I settled on the Maritimes. I thought the AUS is, is obviously a, a strong league at the university level. So I thought I'd be able to continue getting better as a hockey player while uh, getting a degree here so i uh, i think i made the right decision coming all the way out here but uh, it is a long it is a long travel it's a long travel day when i'm when i'm flying old for the summer for christmas
0: new Brunswick, well it's my home province but i grew up in alberta for the most part but uh, bilingual province have you had an opportunity to flex your french um,
1: i have to take uh, two french classes uh, mandatory for my degree because of the it's a bilingual province so Definitely learning, and then we have about eight or nine French guys from Quebec on our team, so you hear a lot in the room. But I, I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't speak a sentence of it <laughs> coming into it, and I still probably can't speak a sentence now just because it's so fast. And the uh, French, the French I'm learning is from France, and the French I hear in the locker room is, I wouldn't even know if it's considered French with all the slang that they use.
0: Uh, what do you, uh, what do you study, Mark?
1: I'm in uh, business uh, with concentrations in uh, finance and marketing.
0: Okay, very good. Mark Russell from the uh, University of New Brunswick. the uh, varsity Is it still the Varsity Reds or just the Reds now?
1: Just the Reds now. I had uh, had to change that a few years ago.
0: Okay, well, I'm out of date, I guess. Uh, uh, He's my guest right now as we're looking uh, ahead to the U Sports um, National Championship weekend here. Uh, But we're going to look back now and uh, talk a little bit about your WHL career, all of it spent with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, Would that have surprised you? You know, if uh, I would have told you as a 15-year-old that you're going to spend your entire career with one team, uh, not many guys get to to do that, and um, when you look back, what stands out for you
1: i uh, you know I loved my years in medicine hat. I think one of my uh, fondest memories was right around the trade deadline of my 20 year old year obviously I was having a good season and uh, and Cluie called me in and he said hey there 's some teams that are kicking tires about you if you want to you know maybe try to go to a contender and chase a championship but uh, he and the fact that Chloe even thought to call me in and have the conversation and see what I wanted to do it just spoke volumes of the of the culture of Medicine Hat and how much they value loyalty and how much they value their players and, and ultimately, I made the decision I wanted to stay and finish my career where I started in Medicine Hat with all my friends and you know went in front of the fans that you know I've grown to love and I would hope to think that they loved me at the time too. So I think the loyalty in Medicine Hat was one of the best parts of uh, my junior career.
0: Well, definitely a classy gesture there from uh, Coach Clouston. Uh, you mentioned culture uh, and you can't talk about Medicine Hat and the Tigers without bringing up the name Bob Ridley. Uh, 4,000 games behind the microphone coming up this weekend against the Swift Current Broncos. So much time. I, I, he's missed one game in 50 years. That is, that's ridiculous to me. Uh, and then you throw in that he was also driving the bus for the longest uh, uh portion of that career as well. Uh, tell me about Bob Ridley. What he, what, what it was like uh, being on the road with him, uh, and some of the stories maybe that you've heard of uh, about him.
1: Uh, he is, uh, well, his name, Bob Ridley, he's synonymous with Tigers hockey. I, I can't even begin to imagine, you know, it's 50 years now, 4,000 games on Saturday of of calling the game. He's driving the bus for most of them to and from. And I guess in the early years, he was driving the bus back from whatever road trip they were on and then having a coffee and going right to the 6 a.m. morning shift to the local uh, radio station. Amazing. So I don't know how he did it. It's incredible. But the, I think the best part about that is the one game that he missed is his radio station thought he'd be better off to – call a curling match. So I think their radio station is probably kicking kicking themselves knowing what, what could have been. But the fact he's only missed one over all these years is absolutely incredible. And You know, I hope it's a special night on Saturday night for, for Ritz. You know, he was uh, he was always, like a, not, not necessarily a mentor, but just like a huge figure in Medicine Hat. Who was super nice to the young guys coming in. And, and he was a part of explaining what Medicine Hat Tiger culture was, which is kind of odd for a radio guy to do. And usually that'd be a job for you know, coaches and older players, but he was there. And because he's been there from the start, he just knows so much. So he would help in the process of of explaining to the young guys what it meant to be a Tiger. He,
0: he's told me in the past that, you know, on, on the longer trips while he was driving, players would have to come and, and, you know, sit up at the front and and just talk to him to make sure, you know, he like he didn't start dozing off or something because, boy, I mean, the trips in the dub are crazy as it is. But to drive there, call a game, and then drive back – you could understand if a guy was drowsy after that. So, I mean, how many of the guys would you be one of the guys that, that take a shift and and go go up front and talk to Rids?
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd go up and talk to him every once in a while when he was driving. Uh, but there's definitely some instances of you know when you're sleeping on the bus and you get the rumpled strips on the side of the road. We used to call them the Ridley strips because that's how we knew he was staying between the lines. He, sometimes if it was stormy, he would just ride them because he's like, well, I know if I'm on him, I'm on the road. So, so he was funny like that. <laughs> but uh pretty tough to sleep when you're when you're bumping up and down the whole trip but you know we always got us home safe and i think that's the most important thing
0: oh that's great uh mark Russell, uh former medicine at tiger now at the uh, university of new brunswick reds uh getting set for the uh, national championships uh this weekend at uh, the at the u sport level i can't let you go without asking you about the uh the scholarship package and uh all the guys that i get on uh, always tell me that, you know how, how um, easy it is to use and uh, how invaluable it is to not have to worry about the financial part of it. Um, maybe for listeners who aren't aware, can you just uh, touch on uh, what it's done for you, what it's meant for you? Yeah,
1: that uh, the WHL scholarship, it, it means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to uh, you know other former players that are, util- uh, that are utilizing it, you know, uh, going to school. You know, having your, you know, not only your tuition, but your books and all your uh, other fees that come with university paid for is, it's just a giant stress relief when you, when you know uh, you don't really got to worry about where the money's coming from to to get your education. You know, especially for families that you know come from poorer backgrounds, where if you have an opportunity to sign in the Western League, you know that a huge uh huge chunk of money is going to go to the to the school that you know your your son can play at after his career. It's you know it's an unbelievable uh, it's an unbelievable uh, program that the WHL has set up, and I know myself and other former players are very thankful for it. And you know when we utilize it to get our degrees, and we're we're graduating without any student loans or any debt it's it's just putting us one step forward ahead in life
0: is it easy to use like uh, is there, is it a complicated process
1: um, yeah, the only thing you have to do is uh, is just send an email every now every now and then so it's a very easy to use process the schools uh the school accountants all know what they're doing uh everyone at the w h l head office knows what they're doing when they're sending the money and uh you fill out a couple forms every year but that's that's about it so incredibly easy to use very simple and if you do have any questions there's, there's a hotline you can call straight to the WHL office and they answer them and obviously very friendly and they answer all your questions if you need them
0: and i think some casual fans or maybe nhl fans would look at u sport and think well that's the place where failed chl guys end up to to play down their career uh, I haven't watched a, a lot of it myself. I, I know the the quality level of U sport hockey; it's unbelievable. Do you look at it as, no, this is a continuation that I can further my development here and and turn have the option to turn pro, you know, from where you are right now in two or three years?
1: Yeah, definitely, it's an undervalued league for sure. With the with the skill, I know a lot of guys, you know, from junior come in and think they're going to be hot shots because oh, they were so close to going pro and you know they're going to school just. You know to tear up the league but that doesn't usually end up happening because everyone in the youth sports is you know there are a lot of a major a lot of former major junior players that are that are playing in the league so the way I looked at it is I could uh, sign a minor league contract and play year to year or I could sign uh, you know a four-year thing with with UMB get a degree and then go play pro after and you're really playing guilt-free hockey where if you don't like hockey anymore you have the degree to fall back on but if you, you continue to love hockey, you can play for as long as you want. Whereas, you know, guys going the other route, signing the minor league deals right out of junior, uh, eventually after a while they're gonna to be too old to want to go back to school mm-hmm. and they're kinda of forced into you know, signing the one year deals year after year and they don't really know what to do after. So I think the the education program that WHL has is, is smart for guys where it provides a smooth transition out of the game when, when they choose to retire.
0: Well said. Uh, Mark Russell uh, of the UNB Reds uh, getting set to take on UBC on, uh, on Friday. Uh, anybody across the way uh, with the Thunderbirds you're looking forward to button heads with?
1: Uh, definitely Kyle Becker. He was a uh, 20-year-old when I was a rookie at Medicine Hat. So I haven't seen him in a while, but it'd be fun to step on the ice against him again.
0: Excellent. Mark, I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck this weekend.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Mark Russell formerly of the Medicine Hat Tigers, now at the University of New Brunswick Reds. And unfortunately, uh, like everything else, uh, the University Cup has been cancelled or postponed at the very least. Uh, but I believe they've actually cancelled it. It was wrapping up this weekend. I actually thought they might play uh, without fans in the building and just get through the weekend and then, then it's done. You don't have to worry about it anyway. But uh, all university sports championships, uh, whatever sport it is, everything was cancelled in the last day or so. So Russell was a very, very good, uh, WHL player, uh, had 80 points in his final season in the league, was captain of the tigers. And, uh, really I enjoyed his, uh, look back at his WHL days. And of course, uh, using his WHL scholarship and why I was at, he's the first player I've ever talked to that said he was thinking of U sports as a 15 year old, never heard that before. Uh, so kudos to him. And maybe that's just a, an indication of how much, uh, players nowadays are thinking ahead and how uh, how well the WHL and the CHL has done in promoting their scholarship package, making it so that players uh, have that uh, plan for after their major junior career is done. All right, next up on the show, we were going to preview the ECAC conference playoffs in the NCAA, of course, I'm scrapped as well. Uh, but uh, my guest is uh, Nate Owen from USCHO kind of go through uh, some of the teams and how they were playing and uh, notable players on those teams you can hear that conversation uh, also a tuesday conversation you can hear that next here on the pipeline show mclaughlin top the right circle goal line right pass through the middle what a good save by colton point and a beauty man oh man what a save by colton hi it's colton point from the colgate raiders and you're listening to the pipeline show talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Wow, what a goal. David Backus. is And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world!